Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the third shear in our series on the introduction to Tanakh. In today's shear, Ezra Hashem, we're going to discuss who exactly divided the Prokim in Tanakh. Who was the one who created the Prokim? Was that something which was done by a Jewish person? Was that something we have a Messiah for? And were there any objections to using these Prokim? Today's shear is somewhat on a sensitive topic because it seems, as we're going to see, that the Prokim in our Chumashim were split up, were divided by the Christians in the medieval period, in the 1200s, and it's not clear that everybody was aware of this fact. And the Stipe writes in one of his letters in Karnan Degersa, he's discussing the Sefer B'Sam and Reish, and he writes that although now we know it was not written by the Rush, this is a very interesting Sefer, which allegedly was written by the Rush, and they discover later on that it was not really written by the Rush, it was a forgery, but the Stipe writes that we should not necessarily publicize this fact, because we have to be very careful that there were Tamid HaKacham who were not necessarily aware of this idea, and they assumed it was from the Rush, so we have to be very careful when we talk about great Tamid HaKacham, we have to be extremely wary to point out facts that they were not necessarily aware of. So, Bez Hashem, we're going to try to be as sensitive as we can and follow in the Messiah of our great Chachamim and make sure not to be Pegea in the covet of any Talmud Chachim. So let's start off with who exactly divided our Chumashim into the Prakham that we have nowadays. So let's start with the Gemara. The Gemara describes how the Parshiyas and the Torah are divided by the Simanim. We have the, the Gemara Megillah that talks about the open pays and the Samachs, that the way our Parshiyas were originally Alpida Messiah and possibly even Allah Chumash Sinai were divided Divided up was by these pay, was by these simanim by the open pays and the samachs. That's how our parakim. That's how our chumashim originally divided. However, if you look in the Chumash nowadays, you will see the Samachs and the Pays, but you will also see that we have the Prakim, Parak Aleph, Parak Bays, and that's the standard Prakim that we use to reference our Psukim. Now the question is, where exactly did these Prakim come from? So some people are on the assumption, and I was on the this assumption as well, that they must be from very early times, from the times of Chazal. However, it seems pretty clear, and although the exact historical facts are up for debate, exactly what years and who exactly was the first person to do it, it seems that they were done at a much later point. So basically, according to most historians, the person who divided Tanakh into the chapters and the verses that we have was Cardinal Stephen Langton. He was a cardinal in France and England. He was otherwise known. He was the he was the bishop. He was the archbishop of Canterbury. And approximately the year 1205, he it was the was the year that he put out a Bible in which he split up the Bible into the Prakim. He divided them up into chapters. Chapters. And the reason why he did it was he wanted to make it very easy. For people to reference Tzukim, for people to re- reference Prokim, what exactly, which verse they are referring to, and which chapter they are referring to. And therefore, he divided up the Bible into the chapters that we know of today. Now, there, it, it is a matter of debate, and we'll discuss this a little bit later on this year. What, it, what exactly was his intention? What exactly did he have an agenda? And it seems that there was, as we'll see later on, there was some sort of agenda that they, were, they used those chapters, they used those verses to try to prove that their leader was the Messiah, that their religion was the proper religion. So it seems that's really why they divided the Bible up into the chapters, so that they'd be able to prove to people, they'd be able to quote the verses, quote the chapters, easily to show people how their religion is correct. So that's what happened in 1205, or somewhere around that year, is when Tanakh was split up into the chapters that we have in our Chumashim nowadays. Now it's important to re- realize also that it was this bishop or somewhere around that time as well that they split up the Tanakh into the Svarim that we know of today. For example, Shmuel Af and Shmuel Beis. Apita Meser Chazal, it's really one safer. It was the Christians who split up into two. Malachim Aleph, Malachim Beis. Ezra and Achemi, Apita Meser Chazal, is really one safer. They split up into two. They also sw- switched around the order of some of the Nebim Suvim. So that was all done by the Christians in the 1200s. So now, what happened next? The question is, when exactly did the Yidin adopt these Prakim? 
So if you take a look in the 1330s, it seems to be this seems to be the first mention in a, in a Jewish source of the of the division of the chapters. The, there was a Talmud Chacham named Shlomo ben Yishmael, and he writes in 1330 like this. And he writes, he writes, he writes he's writing a chumash, and he's right, and he writes that he's going to quote the chapters that the Christians created because he wants a person to be able to respond to them. With when they have questions from a chum, from the chumash, when they have a question, they, they quote to you a pasuk from a certain parak. He wants the from person. He wants to Jew, the Jewish person to be able to respond to the Christian, and therefore he writes. He's going to adapt the parakim into the chumash. He's going to adapt the chapters so that the the Yidin can respond to the Christians. So that was in the thir- that was in the year approximately thirteen thirty. Then approximately hundred years later, in the year Kuftzaliches, Rabbi Yitzchak Nason from Provencia, he created a korkadansia, which is a type of sefer which allows a person to reference the pesukim. To reference where different ideas are in different psukim. And he, the Sefer is called Mary Nitziv, and this Sefer, he uses the system of the Christians, he uses the system of the Prakim, which was created by this bishop, and he writes, he's using it because it's, it's much easier, and we lost the Messiah exactly where the Simonim go. So therefore, he writes that he's going to adopt this system. And again, he writes it's not necessarily Chatrila, he, he, he recognizes that this is not the Afram system, it's not a Jewish system, the Prakim. But he's going to use it to make it easier for people to reference the program. It's important to note that Alpina Maser of Chazal. The only thing that we know that's divided up into prakim was Tehillim. The Gemara tells us, Baba Basra, that Tehillim has 147 prakim. It's interesting, the Rishayim Rei Yama'ira, that we have 150. If you take a look at the Me'iri and his Tehillim, he has 151. Definitely an interesting discussion. But the only thing that we know that's divided up is the Sefer Tehillim. So that happened in the year Kuftzadi Ches. Then, what happened next was that in the year 1518, there was a tremendous hashkach that there was this Christian printer. His name was Daniel Bamberg. And he really was this fascinating character. Bez Hashem, in another share, when we talk about the Klai Tarshwapeh, how the Gemara is written, we'll discuss more about him. This, this Christian printer named Daniel Bamberg was one of the biggest printers in the, in the history, at least at that time, who printed Jewish svarm. He printed over 200 Jewish svarm. And he was the first person to write or to print the Mikrayas Kedayas Chumash that we know. He also was the one who printed the Gemaras and he put the pages in the Gemaras. The actual, the Dafim and our Gemaras are also because of Daniel Bomberg and his team. Originally, the Gemara was a long scroll which was not divided up into pages and he was the one who divided up the, Chumash, the Gemara into pages as well into the Dafim that we know. But back to the Mekreis Kedalas. So he put out this Mekreis Kedalas in 1518. Now he had a staff of Tamidah Chum. He hired, he did it along with Tamidah Chum with tremendous Gainim who were involved in the project. He had Christians with him but he also had Tamidah Chum who were involved in helping him publish this Chumash. So the editor of this Chumash that Daniel Bomber put out in, the 15, in 1518, this Mekrais Kedalas, his name was Chacham Yaakov Ben Chaim, and he writes an introduction that although he recognizes that this division was not necessarily a Pidim of Chazal, even though it's not clear whether he knew what exactly, where the system came from, but he does write that he's going to use the system that he saw in Rabbi Yitzhak Bar Nassim's because he writes that it makes it very easy to quote the Pesukim, to quote the chapters, and therefore, he's going to use that system as well in the Mekrais Kedalis. So it seems that once Daniel Bomberg in 1518 published this Chumash, this Mekrais Kedalis, it became standardized that that was the chapters that we are going to use in our Chumashim and our Tanakh. So now that we saw the facts, how exactly and who wrote the Parakim, the question is, how do we respond? Should we use the Prakim? Should we not use the Prakim? So there are basically three approaches that we can take to the adaptation of the Prakim in our Tanakhs. Now, one of the challenges with going through a sig like this is that it seems there are not 
that many Mefurish Marimakimus explicit sources which discuss this issue, which makes it a little bit complicated because it seems that there was definitely a lot of great people who were silent about this issue, and it's unclear. Did they accept it? Did they not accept it? There are those who I saw brought down that say that the Chassam Saif and the Nebuchadnezzar, the, the Vilna Gain, were never quoted as using the Prakim system. So it's interesting to know from the fact that many Paiskim didn't use the system or they didn't say anything about it, how exactly we're supposed to approach the issue. We'll try to take a look as best as we can to see the Marimakimus that do discuss this issue Mefurish. So basically, there's three approaches that we can take to using the Prakim. Number one, we could say that it's a tremendously negative thing, it's a terrible thing that the Christian's Prakim, the chip, the Christian way of breaking up the Psukim is going to be in our Chumashim, especially we're going to see that it's possible there was a specific agenda that they had when they broke up the Prakim and they broke up the Prakim connected to the Messiah of Chazal. That's going to be one approach we're going to see. There's going to be different variations in how negative, how anti we're going to be using the Prakim. We'll see about that in a minute. Then there's going to be the middle approach, which is it's not a positive thing, it's not a negative thing. This is a way that we can quote, it's a way that we can find the Psukim easier. It's a way that we can locate the Pesukim and we'll have an easy system where we'll have a parak and we'll have it broken up in an easy organized fashion. So it's not a positive thing. It's not a negative thing. Practically speaking, we'll use it and there's nothing wrong with it. And the third option, which we'll see also is quoted that it could be it's even a positive thing. It could be that Enochanami originally was done by a Christian, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world, and it was Mekobo, it was accepted in Klai Yisrael, and like we're going to see, Minig Yisrael Torah, it's the Minig of Klai Yisrael that we use the Prakim, it's in and therefore, not just is it not a negative thing, it's even a positive thing, and we can use the breakup of the Prakim, we can have drushes, we can base the Gematrias on the amount of Prakim, and where exactly the Parak ends and starts, we can make different drushes. so that we're going to see is the three approaches. So let's start with the third, with the first approach, which is the most negative, the anti- so the person who was very famous or was extremely opposed to the usage of the Prakim was a Talmud Chochem in Vilna, his name was Rabbi Finfer, who was a dying in the 1900s, and he put out a few articles in Torah journals in the early 1900s, which he was strongly opposed to the usage of the Prakim. And then, after not getting a response, people were not responding, the Rabban the Gudel were not responding, he a Sefer called Mr. Satara Van in the 1906, um, sorry, Mr. in 1906, and it seems that some people came along and did agree. The Adaris, the Shemanis Tamachacham, Rabbi Yehudav Rabinowitz, the Rav Yushalayim, writes in his Askama that he's, he's surprised that so many Tamil Dechalim haven't said anything and haven't been opposed to the usage of the Prokim. He says it's very strange, and it seems that he agreed that really, we really should be changing the Prokim system and go back to the system which we have up here, Messiah's Chazal, which is the, 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 the Samachs and the Pates. And Rafinfer writes very strongly in the Sefer, if you want to take a look, it's really a very a strong sefer where he writes very strong words against the issues of the prokim. He writes the shyness, It's a terrible embarrassment that we use these prokim. It's a terrible busha. It's a terrible disgrace to Klal Yisrael that in our chumashim, in our sefer in our tanachs, we don't use the system which we have. We use a strange system. We use the system of the Christians. And he writes and Kolshikain. If you recognize that the Christians themselves specifically split up the prokim in a way which was to further their agenda. And he gives a few examples. If you take a look, David Hoffman as well gives a few examples. And Mr. Yaakov gives examples at the end of Parsha Shemais. But one of the simple examples that he gives is that if you take a look at the beginning of Bereshis, the the, par- the first parak ends after Yom Hashishi. It ends after the sixth day, and it continues with Yom Hashvi. And that was based on the Christian idea that Shabbos was not part of the Bria. However, we know that the of Chazal was that Shabbos is part of the Bria. It's part of the creation. We have seven days of creation. So it says we're finver, it's a tremendous bazillion, it's a tremendous busha, palanu, that we use, we have adapted the Christian system, and he says very strongly that we should go back to the system, the Messiah of Chazal, using the Pays and the Samachs. And it's interesting, there was a safer, there was a Chumash put out in London, I think approximately 50 years ago, where they tackle went back, or maybe even more older than that, where they used the Simanim of Chazal, they dropped the Prakim, and they used the Simanim of Chazal. And it's also interesting that Rafinfer in the Sefer describes how, even though he's very strongly opposed to using 
the, the prokim of the Christians in the Tanakh, he's not as opposed to using the dafim in our Gemara. For those who aren't aware, originally the Gemara was written in cloth. Originally it was written on one long scroll and there were no pages until again this Daniel Baumberg, this Christian printer came along in the 1500s and he was the one who made a prototype. He, I'm sorry, he, made, he was the one who made the prototype of the Gemara and he put page numbers on each daf, which is also why maybe many discuss why the daf starts from that base. It starts from that base because the cover page is daf aleph, is the, is the first page in the, in the printing of the time. So Daniel Bomberg, even though again there are people who gave beautiful meaning to why exactly it started from that base, but that it seems was the historical reason why it started from that base. So Rafinver explains, Rafinver Zatzal explains that he's not opposed to using the Dafim of the Gemara because he writes, when it comes to the Gemara, we don't necessarily have a Messiah and Chazal who where the Dafim end. We don't have, it's not like Chazal told us this is where the Daf should end and this is where the Daf should start. It was, it was written and therefore, and they didn't give us a specific system, so it's not such a big deal to use page numbers. He also writes that there wasn't a specific gen, agenda when it came to the Gemara versus the Tanakh, they clearly had an agenda. So therefore he writes, he's not going to be opposed to using the Dafim of the Gemara, which he says, maybe we should have had our own system. But he says he is strongly opposed, and he says it's a terrible thing, and we should go back to using the Messiah of Chazal, and we should not use the Prakim of the Christians. So that was Rafinfer, Dayan in Tamil Chacham in Vilna, I'm sorry, Repozna, the Dayan in London, it was one to put out the Chumash, which used the system of Chazal, and did not use the system of the Prakim. And it seems that Darius gave his askama, and it seems that this did take off somewhat when he, when Rafinfer put out his safe. So another person that we're familiar with, who also wrote Kenega the Prakim, but not as strongly, was the Emes the Yaakov or Yaakov Kamenetsky Zatzal. If you take a look at the Emes the Yaakov and then the Parsha Shemais, he writes like this, he's discussing the break of a parag over there, and he writes, Mikan Muchach, She'ena Kapitlach, Matim Kabbalah, he describes how the parak of here is broken up in an inappropriate manner and says, If I had the kayach, I would mevatel the usage of the prakim because you see that the Christians divided in an inappropriate way. It went against the Messiah of Technically, if I had the ability, I would mevatel all the prakim and we should go back to the system of Chazal. Practically speaking, says Rabbi Yaakov, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. Many of Gedalim have already used the system to reference the place of the Psukim, the place of the Prakim, and therefore, says Rabbi Yaakov, I'm not going to fight against it. It's interesting, if you take a look in the Sefer Nachla Shimon, they quote in the name of Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky Zatzal said, the reason why people used the Lushan of Kapitol and didn't use the Lushan of Parak, says Rabbi Yaakov, is because they wanted, the Yidin wanted to remember, they wanted to recognize that the breakup of the Prakim was not a Jewish thing. And that's why they didn't want to use the Hebrew word for it, they wanted to use the Yiddish word for it, Kapitol, to allow them to remember that the Taka wasn't a Jewish thing, it wasn't a religion, it wasn't the from Yidin who made the Prakim, it wasn't Alpi Masaris Chazal, it was a secular thing, it was done Alpi the Christians, and that's why they used Use a different language. They use Lashon of Kapital and they do not use Lashon of Parak. If you take a look at Rabbi Dawitzi Hafen, also in Shemais, in, in Parak Chaf, in the Aris, he also writes as well, he proves in a few places that the Christians specifically divide up the Parakim in a way which pushed their agenda and was against the Messer of Chazal. So again, we have, on the one hand, you could be extremely anti and hold that we should be Mavatal the Parakim, we should never use them. Then you could have Rabbi Yaakov who says, you're right, we really shouldn't, we technically should not be using them. They push their agenda. However, practically speaking, we're not going to fight against it. So that was the first Mahalach, that really we shouldn't be using the Prakim. Now it seems the middle approach, the middle Mahalach would be to say that technically we should be using the Samachs on the page. However, now that we have the Prakim, it's not a bad system. It lays out the Psukim easily. We, now we can reference Psukim in a very easy, uniform fashion. And therefore we'll use the system. It's not negative, it's not positive. Now I haven't found anybody who speaks this out before that this is our approach to it, but it seems that the, the silent 
the silence of many gedolim, the silence of many people, and the fact that they actually used the prakim would seem that this is their mahalach. Or maybe they felt like Rabbi Yaakov, that technically we shouldn't revatle it, but now that we use it, we're not going to fight against it. So again, whether they, the people who use the prakim system, are they going like the middle mahalach, or really they feel they should be battle, I'm not sure, but it seems that many people have adapted the prakim system. If you take a look, though, the third, who says the third mahalach, that it's a positive thing, and now that Klai's holds Makabla, accepted it, now we could even give it meaning, we could give the, the place where the prakim are broken up, and the different gematria of the prakim, who says that we could actually give it meaning? So if you take a look, that the Lubavitcher Rebbe was very into, he would be mavar different psukim based on where the prakim are broken up. And if you take a look in the Kutei Sichas and Chelek Tazayin on page 229, he brings over there in the Ha'ara, Yudua, but again, Achaluka Zulu, Kapitlach, Mekara, says the, says Lubavitcher Rebbe, Zatzal, yes, I know that the Kapitlach, I know the source where they came from. The breakup of the prakim was not original Pim Saras Chazal, it was done according to the Christians. Fascinating. You're right. The Prakim were originally divided up by the Christians. That's true. But look around. Look how many Gedolim, look how many great people have already used the Prakim system. And therefore, Minig Yisrael Torah, this became the Minigin Klai Yisrael to use the Prakim system. And therefore, says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, not just can we use it, but we can even find meaning in the Prakim. We can find the parak is broken up like this and not like this. We can give a beautiful shot based on where the parak is broken up. And it's interesting that there were some great Mepharshim who gave meaning to the Prakim. They gave Drashas based on the Prakim, based on the Gematras of the Prakim. And it's unclear. Maybe they had like the Lubavitcher Rebbe that even though they knew where the source came from, still they felt that they could use the Prakim system. Now, one Achran who was a little bit ambiguous about this, which I thought was interesting, if you take a look at the Maritz Chiyas and his Ksav, Mikol Kisve, in the second Chelek on page Tuf Kuvtes, he brings down from one of the Achranim, a Pshat, who asks a Kash and a Taisvis, that how could it be that Taisvis is saying a certain Pshat based on the break of the Prakim? And the Maritz Chiyas says that maybe in the times of Taisvis they didn't have the Prakim system. So it's interesting. It seems the Maritz Chiyas was Mesopic. He brings down the Pshat and then he says he's not sure when exactly, who exactly was the one who made up the Parak system. So it's interesting to see that. The Rachmanim who clearly were aware of the fact that it wasn't necessarily done on Pidim Maser of Chazal, but they weren't sure exactly when it happened and how it happened. So again, to be Messiah, you saw three Mahalchem, three approaches, and how we can adapt to these Prakim. Either we could say it's a negative thing, we should revatle it, or we could use it, or the third Mahalach is that we actually can give it significance, we, ac- we actually can dash in meaning in the Prakim. Now one more Ara before we end, there's a very interesting Ara of the Ali Tamar in Sukkot um, in Perak Aleph, where the Bavli, we spoke at in the beginning, that not just the Christians divide up the Prakim, but they also divided Tanakh in a different way than we have the Messiah Chazal. For example, the Christians divided up Tanakh into more than 24 Svarim. They divided Malachim into two Svarim. They divided Shmuel into two Prakim. And also they divided Ezra and Achem into two Prakim. So there's a very interesting Rabbi Kivager. If you take a look at Rabbi Kivager in Sukkadaf Yudbezim and Aleph, the Gemara over there quotes a Pasuk. And Rashi over there says that Pasuk Zeb is safe for Ezra. So the Rashi over there says the Pasuk is in Ezra. It says Rabbi Kivager on the side, in the Galina Shas. Pasuk Zev in Nechemia says Mikivager the pasuk isn't in Ezra the pasuk is in Nechemia and says Mikivager v'chein Rashi b'chumish and Dvarim v'dugmas mitzina be'Ezra v'chein be'Beya v'chein Lashon Hashas that come out of Lamed Zayin Rabbi Kivager points out in a few places that Rashi seems to say that a pasuk is in Ezra and Rabbi Kivager says it's not in Ezra it's in Nechemia. So now, what's trying with Kivager? So if you take a look at the Ali Tamar, who's one of the Chashim Achrein, and one of the Chashim Mepharshim on the Yushami, he says in Sukkah over there, Tamag, he quotes Rabbi Kivager, that Rabbi Kivager asks his Kasha, and says the Ali Tamar, Baram, Bemechilas Kveid Agadu, Abeinu Agadu, Fiyam Messiah, Abechesh, Ben Chavta Al-Tzaram, Lekayim Chavta Al-Tzaram, Klal, Ben Chemi, Hemshech, Hosever, Ezra. Says the Ali Tamar, he writes like this in Sukkah and a few other places, he doesn't understand Rabbi Kivager, Mechilas Kveid, Rabbi Kivager, you're right that we have it in Nechemia. 
But if you look at Mesorah of Chazal, Chazal had only 24 Svarim. They didn't have Nechemia. Nechemia is part of Ezra. So what exactly was Rekiv Eger's Ha'ar? And he leaves off Ezra Kasha. He says that he thinks Rekiv Eger was wrong. So I spoke to a few Tommy Dechem, and it could be that Rekiv Eger is just saying a very simple thing. Rekiv Eger is not telling you that Ezra and Nechemia are two separate Svarim. And it could be Rekiv Eger knew that they were two separate Svarim. They weren't two separate Svarim. They were one Sefer. This seemingly is Mephur Shi Gemara, Baba Basra, Nafi Gilom and Beis, where the Gemara discusses the breakup of the different Nevi'im. And the Gemara clearly states that Ezra is the same as Nechemia. It's one Sefer. And Rekiv Eger himself quotes Gemara and Hedrin, which states this clearly. So, not to think that Rikivager didn't know that the division of Ezra and Nechemi wasn't done by the Christians. Rather, Shahat Rikivager is that Rikivager is just telling you if you're trying to find the Pasuk, the Pasuk isn't in Ezra. The, the Pasuk, if you look in your own Tanakh, it's not going to be in Ezra, it's gonna, going to be in Nechemia, because that's practically where you're going to find the Tanakh nowadays. So, that's why I spoke of Futami Dechamim. They felt that that was probably the proper shot in this Rikivager. So, to summarize, we saw the history of the division of the Prakim, we saw that originally was done by the Christians, we saw, practically speaking, that it was adapted in our Chumashim, even though we saw there was some opposition, and at one point there, were, there was a push to put out Chumashim, which did not use the Prakim, but it seems that it has been accepted in Klai Yisrael, and therefore our learning, Bez Hashem, we will be using the Prakim system, we, we will use the Parak system, which we will try to do a Parak a day, hopefully between four or five Prakim a week, and again, if there's a division which totally doesn't make sense, according to our Messiah, we'll try to point it out, and try to show what the proper Messiah, Pi Chazal, the proper breakup, according to understanding of Chazal, according to understanding of the Mepharshim. If anybody has any other Mamakimists or Aras on this year, we'd really love to hear, because like we spoke out, there aren't so many primary Mamakimists on the Sigya, and we'd really love to hear any other Mamakimists. Bez Hashem, tomorrow we're going to start from Yeshua, Parak Aleph. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.